Recorded live in Manhattan's East Village at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, this is The Poetry Project. Hi, everybody. I'm Simone White, and I am the Monday night coordinator, right? What'd you say? Wednesday, Wednesday, it's Wednesday night. I, <laughs> I'm that, and also, um, I'm also the program manager here at the Poetry Project. Um, I'm really, really happy to have Bruce Andrews and Khalil Huffman here tonight. Um, I think this is a really exciting duo, and um, I'm going to introduce them all at once. We'll take a break of five minutes after Khalil reads. We'll come back for Bruce. Um, and that's how we're doing things tonight. So, uh, Jibad Khalil Huffman is an artist and writer based in Los Angeles. He's the author of three books of poems, 19 Names for Our Band, From Fence in 2008, James Brown is Dead, Future Plan and Program, 2011, and Sleeper Hold, which is just out, and we are sort of launching, we're sort of launching it tonight, um, which is also a fence book from this year. His art and writing projects spanning photography, video, performance, and poetry have been exhibited and performed at the Hammer Museum, Los Angeles, MoMA PS1 in Long Island City here, and the Museum of Contemporary Art, Los Angeles, among other places. Um, So I wanted these two to read together for a couple of reasons. Um, One of the reasons is that Bruce's, I'm not going to say anything about this in the introduction of Bruce's work. You probably don't need me to introduce Bruce to you, really. But um, his his voice is actually one of the things I like most about his work. Um, you know, he has this, like, booming and slightly comic voice, which I think is um, part of the work in an important way. And, I mean, I think, you know, it's always part of the work to have someone's voice be present to you in an important way. But also Khalil's work, you know, Khalil's physical presence is actually, I think, part of his work in an important way, too. And, uh, but in a different way, which you'll see, I think, in a minute. So in a 2011 essay titled Language Relating the History of the Project that produced Language Magazine, which Bruce Andrews founded and co-edited with Charles Bernstein, of course, Andrews writes... Quote, taking on or very often simply ignoring the orthodoxy is usually aimed at countering a restrictive range of poetry and its powerful promotional literature, this is a long quote, bolstered in an elective affinity by institutional power and money, which fosters equally restrictive notions of identity splayed across certain categories, but still riveted onto valorizing institutions or solid, sticky tendencies. But the enclosures of the possible in the world of poetry had an analogy or allegory in what was being ruled in or out within a wider social world. He goes on to say roughly that the word-slash-idea language was vast enough in scale to, quote, house us in our projects as a question. I find poetry and persons who present us with this question, the question, what set of possible practices, allegiances, and declarations can house us, very moving since I take their primary object to be the hard-to-come-by achievement of having company or compatriots, which is a pretty simple satisfaction. I was anxious to host Bruce Andrews because I want to be in league with the ambitious and total body intellectual practice that his work models to these ends. I've asked him to read with Khalil tonight because they both work in the tragic comic arena where poly art, as Andrews terms a multimedia art practice, moves toward the achievement of housing or sheltering or getting it together and knows itself awkwardly maybe as not getting gotten. It's an incredibly difficult and serious thing to take an anti-orthodox position to exceed protocols, as Bruce says in the language essay, Yet Bruce Andrews has done so resolutely for the last three decades. And I think we're in a moment that takes uh, opposition for granted or oppositionality. Like we have the technology and it's gotten so that it's possible to deploy opposition widely, to look oppositional. Like there's an orthodox contemporary writing that takes itself to be political and intrinsically oppositional. So again, I'm moved and impressed by Bruce Andrews' facility and comfort with describing even in the context of faulty memory, 
the actual nature of the Orthodox and the nature of his oppositional practice. We have to be interested in, Bruce says, quote, dialogue about the vast scale of what was relevant for experimental literary practice in our era. So the two words I kept coming back to when I read Khalil's most recent book, Sleeper Hold, were fun and desperate. And I don't mean desperate like, oh my God. I mean like desperate in the um, the really like original sense of like Thoreau desperation. That is Khalil's keen sense of humor about the isolation and emotional poverty inherent in various modern amusements, not excluding poetry, sweetens the slight sourness of the poet's affect. From poem for Cedric the Entertainer, white people love the 1980s. Black people can't help but strive for more declarative sentences. My life as a dog, my life in the bush of ghosts, and other advertisements for cunnilingus. So you can close read the poem yourself. Let's just say that everything funny about that poem is also very sad. Um, And you sort of want to say, like, Khalil, you know, can't you take a joke? (laughs) Can't you take any more nonsense as comedy as that which is wise? Not that the poems here or elsewhere are centrally concerned with affect. They're not concerned with ambling, with the interplay between observing a thing and being in it, with the problem of relaxation, where relaxation might be an affect, but only to the extent that affect is a destination or an aspiration. As the poet, Khalil's poems take over the Cedric the Entertainer premise and intervenes with more declarative sentences, weird under one's breath sentences in clear relation to striving. That's brilliance, his bait and switch. This profound sense of the absurdity of everyday speech as life comes through in his visual art practice as well. He is, I think, and I think you'll see, a language-centered poet. Please welcome Khalil Huffman. How's it going? Uh, I just want to thank Simone for inviting me. Um, it's a real honor. Um, and, uh, yeah, to, to read also with, with Bruce, who I've been reading and, and admiring since, you know, I was yay high, no, since I was in college. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I originally I was going to show video and do all this stuff, but um, very excited. I just got this book. I'm just holding it in my hands for the first time tonight. So I'm going to read from it, um, and then I'm going to do, before I even start, a sort of advertisement for myself, which is that I'm performing tomorrow at a gallery on Clinton Street, Marion Boski East. So if you want, if you're interested, uh, I'll be actually performing, doing a piece that appears in this book uh, tomorrow night. So, uh, but right now I'm going to read poems. Um, and... Thanks for coming. Now that I can dance. Instead of watching a woman repeatedly dropping her glasses on the floor of the subway and two people sitting near her reaching to help each time she drops her glasses and each time they bump heads and say sorry and laugh about it, Instead of major dad, why not just watch these commercials? Your love was going to take us higher into space and get us into Spanish and get rowdy after the fact. When it was silent after the rest of the vitamins were chewed, our mechanism for removing our drawers is the only thing going so far as tomorrow is concerned with bated breath. Someone has to know where they think they can rent a van and cop a feel. Your dream is necessarily someone else's idea of good fun and, moreover, useful in several phrases of the jaw. And sometime, and some of the time before we get to the station, during which much is revealed about a troubadour who'd been standing in the background the whole time, 
pulling the woman's glasses with a string. Um, this, oh, sorry. Uh, this is called uh, My Super Sweet Sixteen, the movie. Um, there, it's funny like how long books take to come out. Uh, when I wrote this poem, this show was still on the air uh, on MTV. Uh, my super, do people remember this show? Maybe some of you do. It was ridiculous. It was like this teenagers, like really rich families, like their parents throwing them the most ridiculous, like 16, sweet sixteen and and bat mitzvahs and having temper tantrums. Um, but this poem has nothing to do with that. Um, I just was into that show and thought it would make a great title. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, part one, The Wings of the Dove. In their house at night, it looks like a man is hanging from a chandelier. It's no wonder our daughter has the code word to get into the nightclub. We never pay attention to anything when we spy on them, and then we can't make up our minds about what to have for dinner. We don't know if our daughter was home or out passing bad checks. She'd already forged our name on the permission slip for the field trip to the zoo and on the petition for making our swimming pool into a national monument and in the contract making our house into a bed and breakfast. We've had our fair share of brushes with the law and nearly solving the mystery the years after our neighbors noticed the difference in their living room between the chairs and where they left them. We are trying to get in her good favor in deciding who she'd live with in the training exercise that is itself a simulation of playing tennis, which is really a television program of people taking notes in case they divorce. Two, surveillance. My wife spends the first hour of her day monitoring everyone's telephone calls and spends the next eight hours playing the horses with her, her inheritance at the track. I usually spend most of my time watching my wife and most of the evening trailing her in a rental car. I spend the last hour looking at my neighbor being photographed, thinking some accomplice out of view was taking the pictures until I see him release the shutter with his hand by a cord running down to the floor and taking his picture over again until he puts his pants on and starts acting in a sex tape with his wife and a man I imagine that they met at the airport. Three, the wings of the dove. I am afraid of what I will do in my sleep. As the plane goes down, when everyone is leading their children to put on masks after they have done on their own, in the years that I persist in the manner of an expert on heraldry and the author of the survey of the question on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you know about the flames guided to find you? We surrendered our weapons at the gate, but what about the fire extinguisher under the jump seat of the flight attendant and what if I curl the in-flight magazine and batter the man beside me and use karate to get in the cockpit and take control of the controls? Um, this is called Niagara. Um, and it's a really long poem, so I'm going to have this water at the ready. On the first day of the poem, we perform a trust exercise. On the next day, we all start dancing in the street. There is a moment of silence during which everyone traded clothes. You were just beginning to come into your own when you have to adopt the speech of a telemarketer. When we all come to, you say, it's been so long since I've had a good laugh at your expense. When was the last time you told a joke that wasn't a veiled reference to your beliefs? On the third day of the poem, the graph showing our decline is played by a tarantula. The boy is played by a method actress. Our theme song is the star-spangled banner. On the surface of nature is an argument for crying your eyes out and a coupon for more disaster. On the fourth day of the poem, we retire into a glacial haven pleasantly as an asthmatic 
Gladys Knight impersonator, as an elk of the earth, a shriner of the earth, a husband of a daughter of the American Revolution. I will spend part of infinity as a migraine-colored rush, barreling as always into a room of children sleeping. I am secretly in love with the girl who tells me, I haven't heard a saxophone break down in a while, so I'm going to put on this Carly Simon record and see what happens. I'm going to carry the tune of an imaginary latitude as the star of an undercover, undercover operation at a time of a scarcity of gloves, ominous territory in which a middle-aged everyman coming unplugged inside a wall of sound inside your asshole Otherwise, I imagine the rest of the bad guys hiding as they have in the Wild West, burying their name for the Internet, then appearing as that person in real life. I haven't been attacked for a long time or for a similar beginning, or else I've torn down the sign and started over with a different parachute. I am in love with the girl who calls everyone into a huddle and gives a speech to motivate them into believing they are rich and tells everyone to put their hand in and say Antarctica and on the count of 100. At the count of 5,000, everyone ought to pour buckets of Gatorade onto the fire. I'd like to give myself enough hand jobs until I can forget I'm in love with a girl who says, before Gossip Girl, there was Edith Wharton. Norman Mailer and Vietnam started out at the same time, in a declension of assholes, in the middle of a frenzied weekend of mapping the Bermuda Triangle. In the time when Jupiter disappeared, at the dawn of the life of its many moons, every day, a new brand of vodka is invented in America. Nothing matriculates like surrealism, where I go into a different octave and say it's all over. Anyone can see the planets are inedible bodies of work, and you tell me that's the highest thing I've ever said. You don't know if I'm really there anymore to tell you about what happened on the last show in a special 20-part episode of Judge Judy. We only talk about blasphemy to distract ourselves from the tension in the air, to build a fortress around our hearts. I don't know why I do the things I do. I'm going to go to sleep and wake up and watch Daria for a while, I'm sure you know where you have been and can describe it for me in several languages. I know what you did last night and the night before Christmas. You can barely have one. How can you tolerate both or even several of them in a knife fight? Much as I fantasize about having hate sex with captains of industry, same as I've taken to fleeing to the edge of town, my life is the opposite of yoga, the same as jogging when someone is chasing you. Uh, This is the aforementioned poem for Cedric the Entertainer. White people love the 1980s. Black people can't help but strive for more declarative sentences. My life as a dog, my life in the bush of ghosts and other advertisements for cunnilingus. White people have their drugs on the front of their shirts. White people cannot stop talking about Duke University as if it is the only place that exists. Black people carry their wives over the threshold, then set them down in a tub of posies and go back to the lobby for more. Black women are especially sassy in the poems of Howard Zinn. White people are always wearing hats that say disco fries. 
My other hat isn't a hat at all, but a catamaran manual in disguise. I'd rather be inside you than a parishioner in the church. My other hat is a calling card for musk and axe body spray and sometimes the bill for thunder and lightning. I'm going to come back to that. Um, This is called Trouble Every Day. To those with cables banded together, with the picture fitting the description, to those without whom we wouldn't be here, one of you is wearing a little black dress. One of you is brandishing a cummerbund talking along about the whole thing to the man in front of you. There is at once a spell of waves and then a drought of similar minutes. And the same night we go home, the night you had a bad time, everybody had a bad time. You'd like to start over as a personal trainer. Then you'd like to succumb to a cliff. You'd like to think you had a good run until... Everyone knows everybody had the same time to convince the court they were innocent of going on tour. You walked a good walk beside a troop of gamblers set up in the dead end in an expanse of sunset. There were the years 1998 to 2007 when Johnson held the championship belt. You kept in touch with one of the gamblers one time. You called and met the next day. You think you're right. You're right, and you think nowhere else is in France. Let's go onto the clapboard and start in a different arrangement. I love meat lovers' pizza like I hate improvised theater. It could be yours, and so you go and get in trouble every day. Besides, it will be a long time before you realize you are talking to Robert Longo that you aren't wearing underwear, that you are always the person who says, in a year you'll be married and having an affair with your secretary, when people say, if you told me a year ago I'd be married and having an affair with my secretary, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, And I think um, I'm going to close... with uh, this book ends with so this book has um, uh, you know a bunch of poems and then there are three uh, <laughs> there are three obviously uh, <laughs> there are three performance texts including the one I mentioned I'm doing tomorrow at this gallery um, but I'm going to read from um, uh, the, it's probably the longest performance I've ever done it was a piece called Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf 2. And um, I wrote it as um, a few things in here, uh, just as like a prose poem. Um, but then I made it into a performance, and I, I hired an actor um, uh, to, to perform the piece. So in the piece, she performs it, and I like project um, this video and other sort of stuff behind her. Um, I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but... Um, I guess it's interesting for me to put in a book uh, these these texts, which normally just exist um, as performance. But these particular texts uh, just sort of function as things to be read also. Um, The lecture performance I'm doing tomorrow kind of comes out of a Steinian kind of lecture impulse. And and this is, in some ways, it's just a prose poem. But, um, uh, yeah, again, I don't know why I'm telling you all this. But uh, Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf 2. If you play the end of Casual Diamond and you segue into Waka Flocka Flames hard in the paint over the beginning of the movie Waiting to Exhale over that film's already great soundtrack and you stop playing hard in the paint and give in and call me, the songs match up perfectly with the film. 
The silence, then the dial tone, the conduct of the call is the same as the scene in the film when Angela Bassett's character, Bernadine, after collecting her estranged husband's things, sets fire to these belongings now packed comfortably in her husband's BMW. The act of setting the fire is enough, but it is the way that Bassett walks away that makes you forget about anything else that happens in the movie. I like to masturbate to pictures of pregnant women. I write to television actors and people in movies and ask them for advice. I write to Oprah, Oprah Winfrey and I ask her for a job. I ask Richard Roundtree to make me his personal assistant. I get a letter from one of Oprah's assistants saying that while Oprah appreciates my initiative, she can do no better than offer me some of the products she has given away on the air. I live off the money I make at the restaurant, and between the shift meal and selling a set of watches Oprah's assistant sends me, I don't have to spend any money for the first six months that we live in Florida. I save what I make at the restaurant, and I buy myself the complete first season of Jake and the Fat Man on DVD and stay up most of the night watching the first ten or so episodes. And the next day I go to the store and I come back with ice ice cream and many kinds of chips. I take off my bra and put on slippers and sit at my desk and write a letter to the president of Party Metropolis. After I call, after I am, at various points, ignored and yelled at in the course of trying to get my money back for a product they insist I cannot return. Once they hang up on me and I call back and curse out the woman who had hung up on me before. In my letter to the president of the company, I write about my mother's commitment to making the best product that you can make. I write down some of her favorite sayings. I write down the one about animal cruelty and how it could be prevented by corporations issuing full refunds to consumers who wish to return a strobe light and disco ball combination. I write down another one of her favorite sayings, and then I dedicate a whole paragraph to my favorite, to the one about calling again and calling again as a means of sustaining the conversation. Just going to skip ahead. If you play the beginning of the Ronettes, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus over the first three minutes of La Bamba, and you go over to a boy you know and introduce yourself. If you say, excuse me, and step back to find yourself in the middle of a party with the lights out, as you imagine you would have at your party five or six surviving members of the class of 2000, enchanted with staying up until dawn with the television on and the background playing La Bamba, if there are fog machines like you would have at your party, if everyone is talking about Lorena Bobbitt and you want to introduce yourself but can find a way into the information, if this is your party, if you listen to the middle of, while you walk out to your car and you are thinking about the last scene in Dazed and Confused, the thoughts in your head will sound the same as the dialogue in Dazed and Confused. If you play Nirvana's Drain You while you ride in the back of a car headed out of here and the navigator in the front seat doesn't tell you her name, but the driver's name is Danny, and when you fall asleep they are listening to Drain You and it coincides with the events in your dream, and when you wake up they are playing, and it's just like when you first see the window going blurred with the rain, the signs for podiatry. If you start talking about the worst rainstorm you ever lived through and Danny hands you $100,000 that cannot be found on his person when the cops pull us over and he keeps the key to a safe deposit box with the instructions to getting your boyfriend out of jail and you get it, the instructions to getting away once you give him the $100,000 at a later day. When there are no cops around, if you choose instead to get a ride to Minneapolis with your friend Wanda and you decide to take a bus north from there and settle somewhere in between, if you start working, excuse me, if you start working at the thought you should listen to when you invest your money, when you go here for years before you realize you had the same name, but then it was associated with your explaining he was missing. If you wake up another day in some other life, If you sit still in front of a mirror and say, I think the same thing, that he is bigger than me. His room compared to mine, compared to most rooms in Manhattan, is larger, though I do not, as he does, have to share my space with anyone since I moved here last year. 
before we were together as long as we have been, when he still had a roommate, and we had to turn up the volume so his roommate wouldn't hear. Before that, I lived in New Jersey. In Jersey City, which was easy enough in terms of getting to work, but terrible as far as friends were concerned. My friends all lived way out in the boroughs, mostly in Brooklyn, though a few of them were in Queens. At all times, at least one of them was living in the Bronx, and that person was seen even less than me. I got a new job as a personal assistant. I saved up enough money to make the first and last month's rent on a one-bedroom and a fourth-floor walk-up in the Lower East Side. I meet him at a party, and he tells me he usually doesn't do this, go up to strangers and ask them why they haven't met before. I ask him, well, then what is it that you usually do? He excuses himself, comes back five minutes later and says, hi, my name is whatever you want my name to be. And I say, no, really, what do you usually say? Here is what he says. Here is a quote from my boyfriend, and I quote, but do you know who takes their job way too seriously? Security guards at chain stores. You know, who follow you around and look at you suspiciously, and then the same guy or a different guy I can never tell is there to stop you and check your receipt at the door? I tell him I have no idea what he's talking about. He says, but then the guy doesn't really want to let you go, though he has to since there's really nothing he can do at this point. And then it becomes one of those things, one of those times you think that this is a person you will probably never see again. You could say anything and it wouldn't matter. You could do something like tell him you like to fantasize about what animals imagine when they are being photographed. I ask my boyfriend what he's thinking. I say, what do you know about anything besides the New York football giants? We've had this argument over and over again to the degree it isn't really even an argument anymore. I've started working on my memoir again. I've lived in this town for a month, and already I've joined a group of people who gather to talk about how much they agree about what to do with the government. My friend shows me how to sell my bike on eBay. My boyfriend asks me if we've gotten to the point in our relationship where he can come on my face, and I slap him until he begs me to start slapping him all over again. He says, when animals are being photographed, they think about all the pictures they've taken with other animals and how it is unfortunate they never get to see what they look like. Uh, so I'm going to... I'm going to uh, close with, uh, this is called Eight Hours or Not a Day. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, thank you for coming. And, uh, uh, yeah, thanks. <clears throat> the city was out of money. Everyone had run out of money, so they sold space on the recording on the subway. When you came into the station, the voice would say you'd arrived at 14th Street and that there were two church's chickens on or near that stop, or that there was a footlocker right there in the station. Everyone was out of weed, so they pooled their money and sent their friend to Vermont to see his guy. I'd gone into a coma. I woke up a month later having neglected my duties at the agency, where my office was not occupied by all the boxes for the files on Atlantis. I said to Henry, I said, what the fuck, Henry? He was wearing the same shirt and tie he always wore, but I told him he looked different. You were gone, so Jarvis had us put the boxes for Atlantis. So what if I go home and... Sorry. So what if I go home and how about then I give you the rest of the day to get this out of my office? He wasn't expecting you back. He said you would have wanted it this way. Do you know the first thing I said when I woke up? I said, get me Jarvis, before I said anything else. Henry started telling me what I'd missed while I was away, that the consensus was to involve the boss in a kind of mutiny, to oust him from power, to make him aware of what we were capable. I had come back at the perfect time to join them and use my contacts in the feds and with the local law enforcement to arrange for this and so many other kinds of insubordination. It was the future of erogenous zones, our waiting for the rain, our becoming disappointed and moving on to other activities. It was the year they ran out of names for hurricanes, 
So they hired Jarvis, disgraced and by then some months into being relocated to Florida to make them up so that now we have everyone, some of them, Prudence and you. Thank you. Announce my name. Bruce Andrews. <laughs> 2015. I'm going to read uh, recent stuff, but I, I just have been thinking historically a little bit. I just got a thing in the mail inviting me to my 50th high school reunion. Uh, I realized that 45 years ago this year I started writing poetry. 40 years ago I moved to New York and started coming to the Poetry Project. 35 years ago I started collaborating with Sally. I also read here 35 years ago the night John Lennon was murdered. I remember we went, we went to the, uh, we were at the reading, we went to the bar, we went to the Ukrainian bar afterwards and, and we thought it was a joke. I remember Doug Lang was there and he said, oh, his last album wasn't that bad. You know, so anyway, um, that's why I'm repeating it. Okay, so um, that's right, I guess. That's right, I wasn't up in my neighborhood in 72nd Street. Um, so here's what I'm, I'll give you the uh, set list, and then I'll just proceed. Uh, I'm going to read uh, the piece Assassins which was the text that uh, David Greenspan, the actor, read in Sally's Bonobo Milkshake uh, performance based on Sondheim musicals. Um, then I'm going to read two sections from a new sequence called Confabulation. From part B, I'm going to read Vodka Sonic. And later I'm going to read Moxie. Then I'm going to read two texts that I wrote Collaborating with Sally, dancing at, at New Year's, uh, not not this last year, but the the two before that. One's called Fresh, and the one before that is called Lube. And then I'm going to finish with the text that I read in concert at um, at Roulette for Sally's Hitchcock piece, Actual Size, a piece called With Witch. So that's what's coming up. Okay, Assassins. Angels get off, bullets fall out, calliope theme park of little Agamemnon, pinprick whitey. I want sharpshooters now, toy noise, stiff little finger, poke head up, put punctuation marks at the end of their life. Multi-feature, pulping memory is permanent, especially when it's wrong. Loaded for brains, kings will burn. Dreams for sale, target biggies, history, that projection of saints still working the rope lines. Remember Carney postage stamp hoopla, posy tilt a world? You are the vulture, the Stepford U.S. high wire actorish celebrity, a temporary erection. Do you want a career or an archive? The granddaddy of all. Like my broadcast? Candy-ass fright wig. Chew on the pillow. Strap-on confederacy. Next! It's your dime, pal. Talk. Pray to play. Hick slap habit with a twist. Little white devil. Let me smoke this. Uh, What if you don't know the word alternative? What was Lincoln's middle name? Prosthetic goal line, second place, in other words, first loser. Let's self-slave. Here, we plant Bibles. Ooh, social change, that restraining order. Next, dipso maniacal, fucks have fun. Manifest destiny as revenge. Entitlement, again, Throttle, blackout, trap door. If it happens, I didn't do it. Wipe your Santa Claus. 
pinwheeled into the money, money, money doll. Confederate yo-yo. Give me fake role models. Trigger gets warm. God gets kickbacks. Next, let's learn American. Next, come here and be all you couldn't be. Scars, tomorrow is boring. Stand out, dreams get different. No, you be extra crispy. I pimp for roots. Eat your prize. Covets, one, no, multiple. Get it, happy. Membrane, convicted, kid, thank you. Cakewalking, more violence. Legal and tender, the moral equivalent of fuck you. People eat the power. Under United States, Yankee, turncoat, belly up, scholar on the dollar, rich, the ruling class, the powers that be. Got any blacker? Give me footnotes. Henry IV, part one, act five, scene one, quote, for nothing can seem foul to those that win. Play attention. Flag has a back as well as a front. Meaning is authority. Anti-American eagles, hell of a context. Drum roll. Protection, as in racket. Need a new client. Tie yellow ribbons. Up your Dixie cups. Don't change. Change them. Hail to the mischief. We're open to suggestions. Slave rapture. There's no one. The sting is everything. Bleed everything. Your turn. Put y'all back in chains. Hey, Voice of America, fuck your autograph. JFKFC. <laughs> Get really near to the future. No individualist prescription. We hired them. We can kill them. Make us impossible. Hoover up the shit. Panic gets pretty. A clutter of eyewitnesses. Dollars queue up. Anywhere is everywhere. Big exit. This is uh, Vodka Sonic, which is, as I said, part of this uh, long sequence called Confabulation, which is kind of a bizarre neo-baroque thing I just finished. Vodka Sonic. Vodka Sonic... Venus Envy, on the teddy bear napkin, law wins prolabially. Hypo abduct itself as self-talkathon. A morgue theme restaurant. A flattering reliquary of its anti-materializing self-image. Leniency as fear, impetulant to become mammalized. Only enough to be capable of pulling a stake out of its chest. Guilt tongue lounge tourniquet model of supposed intimacy and romance, the inflammatory, involuntary, hothouse anthropomorphism, emotionally best suited to the so-called, quote, benevolent employer, unquote, whatever, spore, splay, sorry snuff, baby, 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 off, more chill sauce, the mechanism of intravascular woo pitch, and this tongue grows flamethrowers, motive, defames the noun, a clutter of good manners, or would you rather have a shower? Envy dies togetherless, a neurotoxin bloodbath, alcoholic tryst, endorphin slacking flashback, by strange snazzy Trojan practice mating, giddy up gestural slavery. We went from therapy to having on speed dial psychic hotline, two might night. Proximal catnip pinup sauce. Promise equals blinders. The fragrantly unimportant homemade prosthetics. You look like a gender popover. Flotsam lips venom pinkies. Rules waltz us toward big chaste memory. He didn't say they, he said we. Boo, boo, personality, emeritus, penetralia. Your fan to Siecla got intensive care. T-shirted dyke, pizzicati, ephemera, molesting your inner bimbo. Start with a glitter bomb. To which one would you like to give an enema? Barbie blows its own brains out. 
choices are hang-ups, and with turkey gobbler necks, irrecessible, femmed, blue speech gland, free-for-all, tuning fork aria, go get your lube, vinyled on the hissy fits, ready to writhe to the occasion. Love for obedience exceeds revenge. Massive finger snap, more tickle better. Peach buoy up teats of restraint. Anybody but my own habit-like dialogic dum-dums. That's a word we don't use and we don't like. (laughs) Crawl space, cruise the poise. Slick as a heartbeat skips in the gush. Latent fingerprint, keep trimming the trees you throw up in. Outlaw, out, out paw, bigamy to blame the pretty until about now to whiten teeth access input as pretentious gestural hoedowns. Tackled pink idiomatic kissing cortical hole up. Obscenity in pill form, polydials unilateral sugar. Uterus, moonlight, arraignment. Talk live to symptoms. Hands behind your elf's. Chit-chat, defective, murkier paradise. Stand up and be outed. Such a DT's, you're skimming the lips. Does the coping get triangulated? Tin-snip surgery or sleep-talking intermammary blurped, jumpy, pin-dicked relegation. Silky, sulky, giddy, alone. Am we entitled to self-aggrandizing eccentricities? Animal squatters, inebriately gentle. To cake, sclerotic rather than decorative or confectionary. Bobby Flavins, polemic as friendship. No dentist? Try tidy bowl. A hand is a wonderful thing, dulled down petulantly. Floozy in the heart. 10% reptile chafe on throb. I fur we're reduced to Gomer Pyle. Are the old-fashioned feminist enough? Do you take lactation? Do the threesomes count? And nerve to only happy happy takes a shimmy, tumble, keening, soma, crapshoot yen. The gelatinizer, park in our yellow zone. Can it stand up without crutches and an orderly on each arm? Any baboon that logs on, liberty suffers instinct. Bubble foreplay. I'm a little nervous. Leprechauns on the make. This, is, uh, this next piece is called Fresh. This is one of the little. This and the next one are these four-minute performance texts that I did in, in uh, with Sally improvising right in that room there on New Year's. Fresh, this is in 12 little parts. One, elsewise. Brink pink, cathode pro bono. How many of you stick your fingers up your own asses? Who isn't? Your default lips. Learn how to use a few words. To have always diapered. Two, smack the math. The outdoors of... Welfare reform for words. Have I used the word bomb enough to co-clump? Say it plain. Three, blah, 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 police. Competitors so stuck up, pre-op skill set, Afro-eccentric. We hear, we hear, we hear. Slash and earn. Adequacy leaves me cold. The grind is prayer. Four, conditions under which you get genitally involved with your friends. Put your wallet on the cross. Swap heads. More, more. Whose? Lick my biohazard bag. Five, insert cassette. Udent, over stumpy. Continuity is theft. More anal. Capture blur. Six. Bigger but less trashy. 
Stars riot. Is the over, over? Cliché dismount. Do heroes sublet? Piece of cook. Swashbuckling means a lot. Under kickstarted. You could be king. Seven. We call it sweetheart power. With or without. Caring is carving. Silly belief systems. I guess I was black. Can we just come out and say it? Do I twin? Lazier, lazier, lazier. Eight. Angry at body. No polygraph. Thorax cutie. Underspecified. Iconic as giddy up. Kush, kush, kush. Ditto binge. Little clits on eyebrow. Anxiety curls up. Darwinism on demand. A coleslaw bong. Men, that syllogism. Nine, labial trailer park. Mambo heart, potlatch lips. While you're up, trap me, you total hamster. Pithy, pinky, the mind is a mouth. All your brains do is spotlight your dippy sentimentality. Breaking up is eager to do. Ten, abusive winking. Belly oops, concentrash, pet smack. Tell off the meat. The dream pinata, cry me a buckle. Kissy or baboon, abruptly, cachectomy. The gash becomes you. Eleven, roger that. Spectral jihad, dogma on the kisser, brave new kink, tears for hire, technique bully, bang on a brain. When do machines become machinery? We are not pulling the triggers. Islamize your investments. It took my breath away. And 12, mud body, post-obvious, Ozone on pills, animal gerund, them asleep. I eat the decade. <laughs>